what's up what's up yeah what's going on what's up uh the ceiling uh i've got some uh shit i've got some hanging they used to be like lights but the they like the wiring fucked up so now they're just hanging decorations of tiny (laughs) see-through skeletons oh okay uh and yeah that's that's what's up currently ask me ask me what's up hey hey baby (laughs) what's up chuck e cheese is that you hello my name is charles entertainment cheese Charles, why didn't you show up to my sixth birthday party? I went to your palace and you didn't even come out and say hi to me. I, I left you the ritual offering of pizza and blood. I mean, the the blood was more what would get, what it got me there. To be honest, I, I, to, I, I can't eat pizza anymore. I just can't. Why? I, I was... Because I was, when you live in a house of pizza... You're eating pizza every day, and that's just unsustainable. I cannot. That's what you get. You I was I, yourself. I I was. I'm gonna be honest with you, Amy. I I missed your birthday. You know my name. Yeah, I know everybody's name. Okay, that tracks. I go on. I was. I missed your birthday party because I was passed out in the back on a on uh-huh. a pizza nap. On a pizza nap. Now, can I, you please tell me what a pizza nap is? It's when you eat too much pizza and you crash. Okay, so you couldn't eat my pizza. I had already, or- I've already eaten so many, so many pizza. Okay, I forgive you. Just you know, come. I to don't my- deserve forgiveness for all the crimes <laughs> I've committed. Horrible, horrible crimes. You're right, Charles. Can you ask me one more time? Um, what's up? What's up with airline food? This was a little bit of a Jerry Seinfeld voice accidentally. What's the deal with airline He's, food? You're right. He says, what's the deal? Not what's up. I'm yeah. the fool. You are the fool. What's Jer- up with Jerry the- Seinfeld has never said the words what's up. If he has, he would be murdered on sight. No, he's only said transphobic things in cars. In cars? In his show, uh, uh, c- comedians in cars or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's Jerry Seinfeld's a you bastard. Meant, I thought you meant like there's a compilation of videos from Seinfeld of specifically transphobic things that he's only said in cars in Seinfeld. Oh, he's definitely like. said transphobic things outside of cars as well. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I was going to say what's up for me is an inflatable dolphin because I have an inflatable dolphin on my ceiling. Fan. Oh, yeah. And it took a really long time to get to that point. But here we are. Yeah. And it took it took Jesus. It took uh, it took an entertainment mouse and <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld to get there. But we made it. We made We're it, everyone. Here. We made it. Welcome to Enchanting Aspects. <laughs> Welcome, 
Welcome to Enchanting Aspects. We definitely didn't cut out like five minutes of us having a private talk. You don't know. You'll never know. You, you'll never know. You just heard the music and now it's podcast and this is your, you have only one frame of reference. It's the one we show you. Yeah, I control the tides. I make up. The, I'm like, I'm like the fucking, I'm like Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents, where she has the tape recorder of Timmy, mm. and he says, "I didn't steal my mom's purse." And then, and then she changes it to, "I'm Timmy Turner, and I stole my mom's purse." <laughs> That's me. I, I can't believe how pervasive that moment is in like in fucking culture like i have heard so many so many people reference that part of that episode yeah because it's fucking true cuz people's words be fucking it was a fucking perfect like it's like the most blunt and upfront uh like metaphor for like twisting people's words in media and stuff yeah, I don't even Anyways. think it qualifies as a metaphor, to be honest. We, we I think it's just, even... It's not subtext, that's just fucking text. Yeah, it's just text. It says, hey. Hey, this is Enchanting Aspects. It's a podcast where we, in, we, re in, where we enchant your aspects. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this time, I don't... There's no bit. There is no bit this episode. This is going to be a completely there... comedy no! episode. No! Jokes, ahoy. Oh, you! Oh, you want jokes? Oh, yeah. You want, you want fucking jokes? You want me to Google jokes and see what happens? No, absolutely not. Um, in case you're doing it anyway, though, and you're not listening to me, I'm gonna explain what the podcast really is. Hi, welcome to Enchanting Aspects. We are a podcast where we each talk about parts or aspects, if you will, of the shit that we like, and that shit includes TVs, movies, video games, books, etc. None of us have done a book yet. Someday. Someday. I, if I reread a book and remember what I liked about it. <laughs> I, okay, look, normally, normally, you know, like, it, it takes about, like, you know, three or four years of doing a podcast before you just get desperate and google what jokes are um but Yikes. i i did f- <laughs> this is our 15th i did find a website that uh it just is that like has a, jokes that is that is just a like collated list of like people submitting their jokes oh that's good um welcome to our new segment shitty jokes just kidding that's the whole show <laughs> I'm gonna add in a real, actual badumch to make it sound better. N- none of these are readable. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and read one just to show you how unreadable it is. Okay. Uh, drum roll, eh- please. Okay. I'm putting in a drum roll here. Not, no, you don't have to do it. You're the one reading the joke. You don't have to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Ed says. Uh, I bought the world's worst thesaurus yesterday. Fred replies, how bad is it? Ed says, not only is it bad, it's awful. That's the joke. That isn't... Oh, I'm an idiot. I misread it. (laughs) It's still bad, but but the punchline is not only is it awful, it's awful. Oh my god, that's a really good joke and you ruined it. (laughs) That's funny! 
I completely fucked up the joke. I'm closing the website. We're done. Oh my gosh. I fucked that up so bad. Yeah. Hey. hey. You made the joke bad when it was a good joke. <laughs> like you somehow made it like, wow. I'm God, so angry. You God took damn, that away fair. from me. That's like fair. I could have laughed at it and I and I'm not able to. But I am going to tell that joke later. Yeah, tell that joke later. Just tell, just tell it later in the episode with a better delivery. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, hey. Hey, uh, Mars, what's your thing? What's my thing? Oh, my thing this episode? Hey, I've got one thing to say to you, Buster. Suchinoko real. Actually, Suchinoko. Suchinoko real, but Suchinoko fake, because I'm talking about fictional Suchinokos. Okay, I don't know what Shichinoko is. Shichinoko is a Japanese I don't know if cryptid is technically an appropriate term, but it's a it's a it's a Japanese um beast that is essentially Oh, is it the fat snake? It's the fat snake. God damn it. I love okay. this fat snake. Before you talk more about your fat snake, I forgot that we have to decide the vibe. Oh, we don't have to, but you can go ahead. I want to. The right. vibe is um, inspirational. Inspirational? Yeah. This is an inspirational <laughs> episode. Okay. Oh my gosh, yeah. And now I want to make the picture for this episode. A picture of, of, of the fat snake. And then and then it's just like one of those motivational kitty posters, except it's that. And it's like, you can do it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, the Suchinoko is um is a fantastic little friend who has made some rare appearances it's 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 uh the suchinoko is considered to be like it's a fat snake and it's extremely rare mm-hmm. that's the whole deal is that it's so rare and if you see one that's a big deal it has made some some small appearances in a couple of video games uh the two main ones that i that i'm personally aware of are weirdly both konami games but in keeping with the suchinoko being extremely rare uh there are only uh, as far as i can t- i tried to find other games other than the two that i was thinking of uh but i honestly couldn't find too many uh, if any other examples of uh of the suchinoko showing up although i'm sure it happens i'm sure i'm sure I'm sure the Suchinoko shows up in, like, Yokai Watch somewhere. I'm sure of it. I don't know enough about Yokai Watch, but I believe you. The su- the two appearances that I want to talk about very specifically are from Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. <gasps> there's, there's a fat snake in Castlevania. Yes, indeed. And in Metal Gear Solid 3... What? Oh my god. I that's I haven't played that one yet. The Suchinoko. I haven't actually played either of these games. I have What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I have Here's my thing. I've seen uh I've seen uh let's plays of all of the Metal Gear games except for Peace Walker. Uh and uh I have and I so I know you know, and I've fucking read shit. And I know basically the whole deal with Metal Gear, uh, and uh, pretty similar with Castlevania. I've seen a, uh, some let's plays of some of the games back when I was a kid, so that's mm. that's my mo- main exposure. 
the Suchinoko appears in both of these games. I think they even came out at around the same time. Hmm, suspicious. L- let me double check that. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, they came out around the same time, 2003 and 2004, respectively. What is he up to? What's the Suchinoko up to, sneaking around in all these video games? So, the Suchinoko in Castlevania uh, appears in one room, which is a chamber where you normally just get a power-up after defeating a boss, and then you leave. It's a dead-end room. You don't have to go back to it. Yeah. And the Suchinoko will appear in that room sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, when you walk into the room... It'll show up, and as soon as you walk towards it, it'll bury into the ground. Oh, a little shy. A little shy. So it's it's rare and hard to find. Uh, one, one of the things about Castlevania Art of Sorrow is that um, you get powers by defeating enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when, you, uh, when you beat an enemy, you have a chance of like having their soul fly out, and then you can eat their soul. Oh, and- yummy. And gain their power. So, like, you... uh, And this is something I will definitely talk about in more detail in the future. Uh, You can get, like... Like, there are, like, skeletons that throw bones. So you can get powers that... you You can beat up those skeletons and be able to throw bones, too. One where you uh you defeat it's also another skeleton actually uh it's a gigantic like mini boss skeleton and when you get its soul you uh the power is that a gigantic skeletal hand with a bone club comes out of the side of your body and oh. smashes enemies independent of your motions. Very good. There's a there's a lot of like real wild cool shit that that I'll definitely get into in another time. Uh, so the Suchinoko basically exists to just be a like extremely rare like fuck you to the player of like oh you want to hundred percent the game you want to get all the souls you want to get all the enemy data guess what <laughs> we're hiding an enemy in this back corner room. And it only shows up sometimes, and there's no one that will tell you that it's happening. But I think that that's also, like, very cool and very funny that 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 is represented by the Suchinoko, who is notoriously, in mythology, extremely rare. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt that is not a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there's no way to defeat it. It's just like no, you absolutely can, but you need like uh the the easiest way is to get a another rare soul later on that freezes time. Uh, <sighs> but uh there are like other ways that you can uh also like beat it using uh you know what you have available uh depending on what you were able to get by that point. Um, and when you do, uh, the soul that it gives you, uh, just when equipped allows you to buy things for cheaper. Oh my God. What the fuck? (laughs) Then one year later, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater came out 
Well, it's called Snake Eater, so you got to put in the the big snake, the big mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. In Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, you're basically, you're just dropped into, a, like, a big forest, and you have no, when you start the you're game- You're naked! You, you have nothing, exactly. You're, uh- and you have to find everything in, in in order to be able to like survive and sneak through and complete your missions. Colonel, where are my pants? D- now, now, Amy, I don't mean to correct you, but but it would actually be Major. He would be saying Major, not Colonel, because he's talking to Major Zero because it's a different character. I'm the worst kind of fan. I don't care. I'm deeply sorry. <laughs> you should be. Uh, so uh, one of the things in Metal Gear Solid 3 is uh, being able to catch animals. <gasps> Fun. And uh, you can, I mean, you can eat them. You can just eat the animals and that'll fill your stamina and whatever. Uh, you can also, like, capture animals and throw them at guards. <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. Late, late in the game. You can find a Suchinoko. Yes. You find it, if I remember correctly, you find it in the area that you go to after you walk down the river, assaulted by the ghosts of all of the soldiers that you've killed up to that point in the video game, being accosted by the ghost dad of your... Hey, rival. no spoilers. No spoilers. I have not played this game. None of those words mean will should mean anything to you. Well, they do. Suchinoko. Uh Suchinoko is uh, uh appears in that uh, area uh and it's invisible to the motion detector, to the thermal goggles. <laughs> it can uh only be uh caught by placing mouse traps around evidently uh or you can like find it and just kill it oh you can't hold it and throw it you can hold it and in fact uh if you keep it uh with you to the end of the game you'll be awarded a special rank the suchinoko rank Ooh. and it will give you a special face paint for uh uh for playing the game the next time which gives you infinite ammo oh okay that's that's why he's so fat because he's got all that ammo in his belly he's holding it for you <laughs> is, there, is there any game that has a like a joke gun that is just a suchinoko that you squeeze and it <laughs> fires <laughs> that sucks um yeah uh, I'm I'm really quickly just gonna go ahead and give you a picture of the. Thank Suchinoko. you. I was just about to ask you. I want to see both of them, please. Uh, okay. Here's here's the Suchinoko in Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. Oh. Could you could you do sub? Could you uh, uh for for people at home? Could you just uh, describe the Suchinoko in, All in right. great detail? So it's like think about a snake and then think about how long a snake is. Cut that shit into one third of how long. It is not very long like as far as snakes ma- go. Honestly, it doesn't even look like a snake. It just looks like a really fat fucking lizard, and then they just cut the arms off. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I I vibe. Here's a picture of the Suchinoko in Castlevania. 
Okay, that's just a that's just a slug. It's a green. It's a green slug. It has a little. Where mouth. is its eyes? Doesn't have them. Okay. Yeah, they're just like this one doesn't need eyes. <laughs> this one doesn't okay. have eyes. Doesn't need them. Doesn't need eyes. How would you know that's a snake? There's no way. It it's not. Look- <laughs> it's not a snake. It's a Suchinoko. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I. I gotta say, I'm very disappointed by the Castlevania one. Okay. The 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 snake eater one's on thin ice. It, it's it's still a fat fuck, so I like it. Do you, so the Suchinoko does not only appear in Metal Gear Solid Three. It appears in uh in Metal Gear Solid Five as well. Oh yeah, um, tell me more. It's a little bit of a bummer, actually. Aww. Because you don't actually get to see the Suchinoko. No, what's the point? So in Metal Gear Solid Five, you can place like trap, like animal traps, all over the map, and then just occasionally in the corner, will be like, "Hey, you caught an animal." Oh, so it says like, "Oh, you caught a Suchinoko. You don't get to see it, though. Fuck you." Yeah, you place it in a specific place, uh, and uh, eventually you will catch a Suchinoko. Um, uh, o- uh, Ocelot, who is uh, one of one of your buds in that game, Gun and, Boy, and very much not your bud in several other games. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Ocelot will remark that no one has ever caught one before, and that Snake made the discovery of the century. Okay, okay, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I want more. I think I think I this wiki page is disappointing to me because it does not it is not giving me. The conversation that that you can have with your like people over the radio when you eat the suchinoko. Oh my god, you can eat it. Yeah, I saw that you can eat it. You can in Metal Gear Solid Three. You can get a item that is a fork that acts exactly like a knife, but if you swipe an enemy, you instantly eat it. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, but I mean animal. I'm not just anybody. <laughs> Okay, I was like, Jesus, you can just fucking eat each person that you... Yikes! Okay! Yeah, it's... Little do we all know, when Snake was in that jungle, I mean, he was munching down on some dudes, for sure. Yeah. Hey, anybody out there who knows of any other um, appearances of Tsuchinoko in any other video game, let us fucking know. I want to know. I love that fat fuck. It's a... It's just a little fat bitch. Anyway, the Suchinoko is a mysterious creature that shows up sometimes. Do you know more? Leave in the comments and like and subscribe for more videos like this. Follow at Enchanting Aspects Gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Amy. Hey. What's your thing? My thing? Your thing? It's... Okay, my thing is fucking getting into the rhythm in Harvest Moon. Getting in the groove. (laughs) Okay, all right. Okay, so before I get into it, I'm going to explain what Harvest Moon is. For all you non-gamers out there, we love and respect you. Still amazed that you're here at this point, but, you know, If you're you're a non-gamer out there, like, honestly. What's it like? (laughs) What's it like? Do you ever um, do you ever just go out there and look at the sunset? I haven't. I do. I don't. You know what? I don't. And that's not a gamer thing. That's just that I don't care about the sun. Oh my gosh! The sunrise and sunset are like my favorite thing in the world. Like that's the, that's like the, the sun is my I enemy. Like to live. The sun is. My, I live in a desert. The sun is my mortal enemy. So when it goes away, I like it, <laughs> and it's pretty. 
Okay, fine. We're not talking about Harvest Sun. <laughs> We're talking about Harvest Moon. The little laugh that you did. I was imagining an entire audience laughing behind just, me. It just killed me. It just, <laughs> it just struck me dead. So Harvest Moon is a farming simulator game. It's like the OG farming simulator game. Um, so all you people like, but what about Stardew Valley? Shut up. Harvest Moon came first, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Amy hates Stardew Valley. <laughs> don't. Shut up. We literally became friends by playing Stardew Valley together. Amy, shut Amy up. hates Stardew Valley. If you ever mention Stardew Valley, they will kick your nose in. No. And, and show you pictures of the cows in Harvest Moon. I don't hate it, but I get mad when anybody says, like, it's so much better than Harvest Moon. Shut the fuck up. The cows You can't be gay in Harvest faces. Moon. That is true. That's the fucked up part. You're right. That's fucked up, and I hate it. But and I don't have I don't have anything against Stardew Valley. I love Stardew Valley. It's great. It's just I like Harvest Moon better. <laughs> I was, I was. Hey, Amy. Yeah. I wasn't actually giving you shit. <laughs> I know, but I know I don't want people to think that I don't like Stardew Valley because <laughs> I Amy do. hates Stardew Valley. <laughs> the the headlines come out. Local podcasts immediately canceled because they don't like Stardew Valley. <laughs> I like Stardew Valley. Anyways, Harvest Moon is a video game where you farm. You'll and I never like know my opinions on Stardew Valley. I'm keeping silent, motherfucker. Okay. So, like, the thing I want to talk about with Harvest Moon is the I is because. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna explain much beyond it's a farming game. Fucking imagine farms. Imagine plants and animals, and you're making him. Uh, but <laughs> imagine a picture a cow, rounder. No, rounder. Yeah, literally, that is Harvest Moon. Is the cutest cows and the pigs and the sheepies in the world, and the chicks. Oh my god, the chicks. Are you kidding me? I'm. I'm. The reason I. I today. Okay. I was I was struggling a whole lot with coming up with something today because I really wanted to focus on something that helps me feel organized because this morning I was like, "Oh, I want to be organized and I'm going to organize stuff." And then like I I like opened up a junk drawer and dumped it on the floor and I got so overwhelmed and I just put everything back and put the drawer away and felt like like oh man this is hard what what are some what are some games that make me feel organized what, like because i i like us gamers like there's a flow like there's a flow in some games that you get like where you understand things you know what to do you know the perfect timing to do them and like you kind of just do it without thinking like you get in a routine and a flow and harvest moon is a perfect example of that but i specifically want to talk about harvest moon because I have never beaten a Harvest Moon game ever. Um oh, and yeah. I I own like 6 of them. I've been playing since I was like 7 years old. Like it's been in my life my whole life and I've never beaten one. And while I was trying to think of a thing to talk about today, I kept on thinking like Harvest Moon kept on coming up over and over in my head, but I kept on saying, "No, I can't do that." How 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 can I say that that game makes me feel organized if I've never beaten it before? And then I had the sudden realization that I 
I've never beaten it before because it gets me so motivated that I want to go back to real life. <laughs> oh, I get you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Harvest Moon, every single Harvest Moon game starts out with a, not just an like a clean slate. It never starts out with a clean slate. You start off with a big fucking giant mess. Your field is filled to the brim with weeds and logs and giant stones and like no animals, just a mess of a fucking farm and stuff you got to clear out and it's overwhelming. But um, I think it's a it's a perfect analogy and example and a way of practice to figure out how to slowly, that is a key point, slowly chip away at things that are overwhelming and stuff that you need to manage in your life. Um, so when you start out the game, like, your whole field's a mess, and yes, potentially you could just focus on that, just focus entirely on your field and, like, pulling weeds every day, but the thing is, the game mechanic works, like, every, like, f 10 seconds in real life is, like, 10 minutes in the game, so a full day goes by really fucking fast, um, so- yeah. You can never really get, like, no matter how much you want to get done in a day, it's not going to happen. Um, you always have to prepare, like, you have to, like, throw away in the mindset of getting, completing things within a day. And I think that's super important for real life, too. Yeah. Because in real life, we always have that mindset of, like, not always, and not everybody, but for me, I struggle with the mindset of like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this thing today and it needs to get done. And even if I work on it, even if I get really far on it, if I don't complete it, I feel really bad about myself. But you know what? That shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't feel bad about myself for working on something, even just a tiny bit and not getting it done because that doesn't mean that like what I did was pointless. I still got... I still made a change. It's just Yeah. I'm I'm not looking at the big picture. I'm not looking at the whole game. I'm looking at a day and I and I need to understand that there are multiple days ahead and I can keep working on things in in more than just one sitting. And Harvest Moon is great because it it kind of it taught me that. It taught me like one, to focus on not just one thing in a day, to focus on multiple things. Like, instead of just working on the field, you also have to, um, you know, when you're starting out the game, you have to collect things and you have to explore a lot. You have to learn about yeah. your surroundings. You have to meet new people. You have to buy stuff. But first, before you can even buy stuff, you have to make money by, yeah, I, you know, fucking foraging and stuff like that. You know what? It actually, it puts me in mind of, um, of doing dishes in a weird way. Like... Not, not to say that doing dishes is fun, although I I am very good at it. I'm very good <laughs> at doing the dishes. When you just walk in to a kitchen covered in dishes, mm -hmm. it's just it's completely it's completely overwhelming, and it's just like ah oh, yeah. fuck ah fuck what am I gonna do? It but is. like what I what I always end up doing is just like finding a way to compartmentalize it, which for me, like, physically is just like, okay, I'm gonna, before I even start doing the dishes, I'm just going to organize them. I'm just yeah. going to stack up all the plates together, put the the 
uh, cups, you know, together. Yeah. Put uh, items that I know I'm going to need to wash in succession right next to each other. And sort of just compress it into like one section that I can understand. I gather everything, it, the, every dirty dish in the house and just place it there. Mm-hmm. Just so I just like can reach over and just start working. Yeah. And that sort of like compartmentalization of big problems is like, I think that's honestly like that is a tool that video games have a great opportunity to help teach they do and and i feel like you know like when people talk about like the benefits of playing video like back this was especially a conversation back when uh when like in the gaming space like a big conversation was like our video games art and like, I feel like people, like, people in the games, and like, especially publishers are still trying to ride that wave. Mm-hmm. But, like, the big, like, argument was that, like, yeah, like, video games are actually, like, you know, helpful. They can, uh, you know, but, like, the, the example that always gets used is hand-eye coordination. Which yeah. is, you know, that is uh, an important skill to, to uh, a degree, but it's also, like, a mechanical skill that... Yeah. Uh, that, you know, might not end up actually being important to you. But I feel like video games also have a great opportunity to teach all sorts of other, like, behaviors. And I feel mm-hmm. like compartmentalization uh, and, and organization are tools that you can absolutely learn from video games. And I think that it's, like, can be really, uh, really helpful. And I feel like there's a, there's a lot of things like that. And it's, like, it's like a lot of unexplored, like emotions and parts of your brain that i feel like video games is like aren't tackling Uh, harvest moon and also stardew valley and also like (laughs) you know and also like like organization is something that like i think like that is something that i really enjoy being tested on in video games yeah and and it's because the pressure is off it's like you know the word that kept on coming to me over and over again today was control Like, I kept on thinking about what games do I play to make me feel like I am in control of my life? Because right now, like in real life, I feel like I can't control any of the bad stuff that is happening. Um, As as we have determined, ironically, not control. Oh, absolutely not control. It's a cool game, but nothing to do with control. Nothing to do with controlling stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But yeah, I'm specifically talking about like, what can I myself do with my surroundings to make me feel like I am in control of my life? And you know, like Harvest Moon, that gives you 100% control because they don't tell you to, like, they don't have a massive tutorial saying you have to do this, you have to do this. They say, here's a fucking farm, here's a, here's a town. Here's do a whatever field, the fuck shit. you want. Yeah, like, and you can do whatever you want and you can shape your farm however you want and you are in complete control and it's, it, it's a perfect play place to, to practice, to, mm-hmm. to feel like you can you can tackle the big stuff and so yeah so i used to get so mad at myself and feel like i like that i felt like something was wrong with me because i could never beat that game here here's the kind of pattern that i went through is i would start the game and i would and i restart the game because i've restarted the games over and over again so many times i would restart the game get really excited and uh like think like oh man this time 
is that I'm gonna clear out of this whole field, I'm gonna have all the animals, it's gonna get so clear and stuff, and so just one day at a time, I would, you know, build my money so I could buy animals, and then slowly clear out the field, like, but only a little bit each day, so I didn't pass out, explore the mines and stuff like that, and I eventually, I would keep on playing until I got into a groove where, like, every day was a routine, Mm -hmm. and, like, and it was a routine that I was really good at, and then once, that's that's where I've noticed the pattern is once I've gotten into that routine, and and also gotten uh, gotten to date somebody and marry them. I've I've also definitely noticed as soon as I marry somebody and then I play a little bit longer after that, then I'm like, ah, oh, the motivation is gone. Oh, but also, yeah. and that that's a whole other thing. But like. It makes me want to get back to my life. Yeah. Well, I think there is, like, genuine value to, like, like having your own objective in a video game and not accepting the, like, objective that they've set for you. And, like, once you reach that objective, then being okay with, like, not playing anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's that's totally okay. Yeah. And that's not even – that's something that I haven't even thought about before is, like – I, I don't play Harvest Moon to get to the end because obviously I've never gotten to it before, but obviously I've still put thousands and thousands of hours into those games and I still have a hell of a lot of fun doing it, even yeah. if I do restart a ton of times. And I don't think that, you know, like all those game play, all those saves deleted are like thrown away or anything because I've learned a, a shit ton of like organizational skills and like lessons that I can apply to my real life and yeah 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 existence is a marathon not a sprint yeah and being able to like pace yourself like even on just like even if you've got a lot going on just being able to like pace yourself on individual tasks and like okay I've like I've done like this amount on this project for the day yeah. You know, let me focus on something else for a little bit and, you know, use a little bit of a different part of my brain. And, like, I didn't finish, but I can come back to it. Yeah. Like, that's that's something that is surprisingly difficult to learn and accept. Yeah, because, it is. Because I feel like, and maybe this, honestly, it's a cultural thing, so maybe it's just an, like, a, a, an American or just, like, an imperialist thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, like... Humans, in my experience, are so often, like, if they don't get, like, instant gratification, then they feel shitty about it. Oh, absolutely, 100%. That's me. If I start a new skill and I'm not good at it immediately, then I'm like, what's the point? Why do I even do work on it? But you want to know the other thing? Since this quarantine, I tried to learn guitar for the first time. Hell yeah. And I was really fucking bad at it. And you know what? I'm still pretty bad at it, but I still try and play like every other day and I've gotten way better than I started with. And even though I'm not amazing at it, I, I'm still really glad that I try. <laughs> and like, yeah, absolutely. I, like the thing with that is like, I feel more, I feel more joy from the fact that I have tried than the fact that I'm good at it. Mm. And I think that's something that's really important too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not saying that I'm like the greatest at taking this advice, but it is, it honestly being bad at shit should be celebrated. Yeah. 
You don't have to be great at stuff. You don't fucking have to be great at stuff. You can just do it and make it and make it for yourself. And it's like you don't you don't need it to be for anybody. Or at yeah. least like like you don't need to it to be for anybody immediately if you want it to be for someone at some point. Yeah. Like, like you can just I think that there is like and this is going on into a greater conversation about my own personal philosophy, but I, I feel like there is this like idea that like you have to make a noticeable impact on the world, especially if you're like a creative person. Mm-hmm. Like there is that like idea that you have to make an impact on the world and the people around you and you have to be like culturally important to some degree. Yeah. I think that that is fully bullshit. Oh, absolutely. It's fully bullshit. And I think that making stuff just for you is the most beautiful and pure form of art. Yeah. Because you make it, because you're not making it for other people. You're making for yourself. And so Mm -hmm. it's like true from your heart. And like, I think something that another idea that just came to my mind that I've never thought about before is like, Maybe try and see as making creative stuff as like playing a video game. Like, yeah, sometimes it is performative, but most of the time you're playing a video game for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you aren't you aren't getting to the end of the game for other people, like unless you're streaming, but I'm not talking about that. Like I'm talking about personal like playing games, like or personally watching movies and TV shows. Like try and see art the same way of like like enjoy it because like because you're doing it and because you're making the process of it like Mm -hmm. don't rely on the on showing it to people to be the reason you derive joy from it yeah and like i mean look i'm not gonna lie uh uh you know sending something you made to your friends as a way of getting compliments does feel good oh absolutely yeah like getting like as a person who's made a lot of comics i've had so many messages from people saying like hey this comic fucking changed my life or it made me cry and that means so much to me Mm -hmm. but all of those impactful meaningful comics i made for myself and then i was like okay i think other people would like to see this and would enjoy it too so i'm gonna share it but like I, I made it for myself. I didn't make it just for that reason. I think it's 100% valid and normal and human to want validation for the stuff that you make. But I think it, it gets to a point of unhealthiness when you rely on that and you don't get joy if you don't receive that. Yeah, absolutely. Like if the way that you're doing something isn't making you happy, then do it another way. Yeah. Or drop it. It's okay too. Or it's drop okay to it drop it stuff. Fully drop it. Like, like, you know, and I'm like personal example, like, you know, I have like kind of wanted to make music for a long time. And, you know, I've made a couple of things here and there, but like, I don't know, like the idea of making music is very appealing to me, mm-hmm. but like, I honestly don't think that it's a medium that works for me. Yeah. And that's okay. That's yeah. that's fully okay. like I've put time into trying to learn how to make music. I've tried so many different avenues. I'm literally looking at an acoustic guitar and a keyboard like leaning against a wall. <laughs> uh but you, that wasn't wasted time 
just yeah. because I didn't, I'm not gonna end up being, you know, a big musician making music all the time. Yeah, and I mean, it's, and it fucking circles back, back to Harvest Moon, like, it's, things can be stepping stones for you, they don't have to be completed or always be a part of your life like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm i'm not gonna finish a harvest moon game and that's okay because it's just a stepping stone for me just like you know learning how to sew was and i i, I learned how to sew like a year ago and i tried to sew this big thing and i never finished it and you know i was a little disappointed that i never finished it but hey i learned how to fucking sew and now yeah. i can like sew back clothes that have holes in them like i've never i never finished the thing that i set out to do but i still learned a lot yeah so yeah yeah. and 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 like i'm probably not gonna end up making an album even though that would be fun uh although like maybe i'd sing but even still like learning about music as a way to try and learn how to make it still is valuable even though that's not the path that I'm taking because it lets me think about the music that I listen to in a different way. Yeah. And that's still valuable even if and maybe especially because that's really only for me. I say as someone who has a music podcast. <laughs> yeah. But still. I I came into this this recording like not knowing that we were gonna talk about like not finishing things really i mean i i knew i had that idea but i was going to more focus on like learning stuff but but i'm really glad we had this conversation i guess is what i'm saying because <laughs> it, it, it made me learn a lot about myself and about what my my life and my patterns and I guess I guess liking it better than before. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell we, yeah. We fucking stand liking aspects of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, the the most enchanting aspect is yourself. Is yourself. Yeah. Uh I think that's the moral. I think yeah, we, we accidentally yeah, landed we on the moral. To, yeah, we we did so many fucking morals this one. We don't need to do we don't need to do it. We did it already. Oh goodness. Um did, did we hit the uh, inspirational mood set oh, by Oh, are Amy? you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let us know in the comments. Like and subscribe to enchantingaspectsgaming.youtube.com. Thank you so much for listening to our- ah. Ow, you okay? I just hit my desk on my knee. Or the other Ow. way around. You know. <laughs> Ow, my desk! My, my aching desk! <laughs> oh, goodness. My drawers. Okay. Um, thank, you. thank you for listening to Enchanting Aspects. Uh, your support means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at EnchantingPod. Um... Please rate us or tell your friends about this podcast or anything. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Your life is yours. Your life is yours. Do with it what you wish. <laughs> you sound like you're like slowly fading away into the sun, like reaching your hand out. Like you're, don't, you're... Forget the, your... <laughs> don't forget the, 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 the truth about your... What? Uncle. I can't I can't hear you. You're Don't too forget fat. the truth about your uncle. It's a really big plot point. No, I can't hear you. My hearing's not that great. I can't read lips. You're block you're just a shadow. You're in front of the sun. Oh, you're gone. Okay.
Wait a second. Hold on. Oh. I'm, cir- I'm circling. I- I'm orbiting <laughs> around the sun. I only ah. have a few minutes before. Oh, oh, they're gone again. Fuck. Well, okay. Okay, I've circled back around. The orbit is actually pretty fast, all things considered. Yeah, this is weird. I didn't think this is how the sun worked. I can subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's the fucking end of the podcast. Colonel, what can you tell me about uh, fat snakes? Uh, I don't know the colonel's voice. This is the colonel. Hi. They're fat.